Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes for you. In the first, I was joined by Will from Flexport, the end-to-end platform for global trade. Now, a lot has been happening over at Flexport recently, and Will gave us the inside scoop on what's going on behind the scenes and the really exciting new hires they've brought on board to guide these big changes. And we also talked about the fundamentals of what Flexport does, their vision to create a seamless world, how they're improving the supply chain industry, and why global trade is a force for good. The second new episode last week was episode 32 of Blended, and we talked all about introverse introverts versus extroverts. We've all heard of these terms. You might even identify with one or the other, but are these labels helpful or just another way of confining people to boxes? Well, the panel and I reflected on that question on the show. We shared our experiences of feeling introverted, extroverted, and often sometimes somewhere in between. And we talked about how organizations can better support all personality types in the workplace and how we can be better colleagues too. A really important thing to consider in the current climate. So I hope you enjoyed both of those episodes because I know I did. And remember, if you miss them, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. Flexport was episode 338 and Blended was episode 339. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes-Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. 
Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Last month, we shared one of my favorite recent episodes of Thoughts and Coffee with you, and we got such great feedback that we decided to do it again. And in this episode, I'm joined by someone really special. He's a big personality making some bold claims. In fact, he says he can get you $100,000 or more in validated global supply chain refunds in five days. You heard that right. So who is it? Well, I'll let you know after the poll of the week. So the question we asked you, on an airplane, who should get the armrest? 48% of you said everyone to the right. 44% of you said middle gets both. And 8% of you said other, what do you do? Tom says, I don't bother competing and choose the window seat, the one that has its own armrest. (laughs) Audrey says, everyone tucks their arms in, lol. Depends on how much room there is. Chuck says, life is a team sport. Middle gets both. (laughs) Michael says, just sit in business class. Lucinda says, fight. Steven says, I fly my own jet. Amazing. Kevin, middle definitely gets both. I mean, that way you can have the person to each of your side have a chance at an armrest. Ha ha ha. Stanley, waiting to board the plane for the first time. At that point, I'll be able to give my opinion. I hope you had a great trip. Cat Lego says, middle gets both. Well, thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. We do ask a question every single Wednesday morning. And if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode or even on Thoughts and Coffee, then you're going to want to participate and comment on our poll of the week. So now back to today's episode and which founder, CEO, and author joined me on Thoughts and Coffee? Well, it was the fabulous Steve Ferreira. Steve wants to bring vivaciousness to the industry, and he's certainly doing that. He brought it with the incredible video he made for our five-year anniversary contest. If you didn't see it, go check it out, because that video won Steve the very first pair of limited edition Let's Talk Supply Chain custom Air Force Ones. Aside from that, we talked about why students are flocking to supply chain, why FMC offers false hopes to shippers, and we asked the question, exactly what is happening in the ocean for market. There's so much to get your teeth into in this episode. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy. Hey, everyone, and happy Tuesday. It is time for Thoughts and Coffee. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, founder and host of Let's Talk Supply Chain Blended Podcast, as well as founder of The Blended Pledge. And we've got a really great show for you today. We've got Steve Ferreira here, and we're going to be talking all about container shipping. But of course, we could not do this without our sponsors. So what are your business's supply chain challenges? Too much inventory on hand? Too many disruptions and stockouts? Are there just too many steps and touch points involved? Well, Fastenal can tailor a solution from automated bins that monitor your your inventory 24-7 to vending devices that help you track and control the products that keep your business running. Go to Fastenal.com forward slash LTSC to see how. Fastenal, where industry meets innovation. All right, we've got a lot of really great things happening here at Let's Talk Supply Chain. So let's get started with a brand new episode. So we have a brand new Woman in Supply Chain episode with Liz Decker. Now, if you haven't met Liz or you haven't been able to have a chance to go and check her out on LinkedIn, she is doing all sorts of incredible things in the industry, 
but she didn't start out in supply chain. She actually started out in construction and her journey into where she is right now in customer experience within the supply chain industry is quite the story. So it's episode 336, wherever you listen to the show, Apple, Spotify, you can also go and check out the episode on our YouTube channel, as well as over on Let's Talk Supply Chain. What else have we got for you? Well, we have the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Well, what is that? Well, it is a private network specifically for supply chainers in the industry. Whether you are just starting out, whether you've been in the industry for a while, if you're a woman in supply chain, if you're a marketing professional in supply chain, go and take this quiz because the perfect group is waiting for you. And um, we're going to be launching them very soon. Limited, limited spots. So definitely go and take the quiz. Doesn't cost you anything. You join the wait list and we'll be in touch once we have more to let you know about. What else is happening? Happening. Oh, we have the follower of the month. So our follower of the month, let's see, is Marietto Mariette Pacheco. Thank you so much for, and I probably butchered that and I just want to say sorry, but thank you so much for all of your support with Let's Talk Supply Chain. Remember, we give away one of these mugs that I have right here. I like to move it, move it, or some of the other ones on our shop at letstalksupplychain.com to our follower of the month. And the follower of the month is whoever is the most engaged with us on a monthly basis. And last but not least, this Friday, we have Eric Johnson back with LogTech Live, negotiating with carriers how to make automation do the heavy lifting. Now, if you cannot attend in person or live, doesn't matter. Go and click the attend button and you'll get a personal message from me with the link so that you can go and check it out later. So definitely go and click that attend button button so that uh, you can be in the know and you can uh, have an opportunity to watch that show. All right. It is time to bring up our guest for today. Steve, how are you? Look at all that color. Hi, Sarah. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, it's great to see you too. Now, you and I finally got a chance to meet in person at TPM. We had kind of, you know, seen each other on LinkedIn, given a little bit of props, but really at TPM, that was when we got to meet in person, right? Oh, that was wild. I mean, I'm still raving about what a great event it was and, you know, to see you doing live and to see me doing some some cool things. You know, it's uh we need more of this kind of color and pop, you know, in our, in our industry. And uh, hence, you know, part of the reason why I'm here today and, and dressed like this and my sets like this, I really want to bring a, a vivaciousness to the industry, just like you do. Love it. Love it. So for anybody who doesn't know you, let them know who you are. Who, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> my wife asks that question all the time, Sarah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I... Um, I'm not a 10,000 hour expert. I'm a 40,000 hour expert. So I think that when you look at my uh, industry chops, you know, I'm uh, the stewardship here of Ocean Audit, which is uh, the largest and most successful ocean freight refund recovery company in the world. I have uh, Ocean Audit as 20 of the Fortune 100 as clients. I've uh, delved off into a lot of media. Um, I just was uh, featured in the Wall Street Journal talking about a cybersecurity in the container shipping industry. But my claim to fame is really helping importers and exporters recover lost costs from the uh, deadly expenses during the container getting period. Yeah, we're going to be talking about container getting, but let me tell you, I mean, you're on billboards all over LinkedIn. 
right? Uh, Saying that you I can you. you can save a like what is it a billion? Is it a billion? Is it a million? Is it a hundred thousand? What's the big number here? I would say it varies by uh, by uh, segment by client. You know, no no size fits all, of course. But I, I think that the one thing I proved in uh, the container getting period is it only takes fifty containers, uh, fifty or sixty containers that have been uh, rated in a rogue environment to produce a hundred thousand dollar refund. So if you think about you know these incredible clients with a thousand containers a year or two thousand containers a year, if just twenty percent of them are wrong, the uh, the uh, returns are incredible. So I, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we've had in the industry is that the ocean vendors would love to bury their head in the sand and, and make that time uh, pass them by because there's so much that they've withheld from their their beneficial cargo owners in terms of refunds. Wow, those are some big numbers. Now, in the audience, if you have any questions, now's your time to ask Steve. So make sure that you put them in the comments. We'll be asking them throughout the show. But before, and I want you to give us a bit of a market update in just a minute. But before we do that, I do want to get to our poll of the week. So the question that we asked everybody, what characteristics or skills do you admire in a leader? Well, 46% of you said empathy. 32% of you said humbleness. 20% of you said courage. Now, Steve, looking at these options, do any of them resonate with you? Because I can tell you that my career journey and the way that things were, I, I don't know, even like 10 years ago, seven to 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of empathy in the workplace. And so to see that 46% of people have said that empathy is something that they admire in a leader shows us just how much we have shifted in the last seven to 10 years. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't want to take the easy way out and pivot, but you know, when I look at my, my own career, I think that when you look at the hybrid nature of these empathy, humbleness, courage, you know, maybe fortitude, you know, I think these are all uh, quotient, quotients, right, within a, a human, right, that uh, make someone likable. And, you know, and it's not, you know, something that's trained or, you know, you're not being an actor or a savant when you, when you show these qualities. But I believe that all four are, are hybrid related. And I believe that is something I try to follow every day. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm, I'm saying that I like the shift. I think it was absolutely necessary oh, in absolutely. business. Um, and it was something that we have been lacking for a very, very long time. So I thank everybody who shared their thoughts. Now, Helmet said exemplarity. I'd never heard that word before, but apparently that is the skill that he likes to see in leaders. Paula, a passionate visionary who values diverse perspectives, which is really great as well, because those are just three, you know, three words that we can use for leadership. And I think there's a lot more that we can talk about. All right, let's talk about a market update. What are you hearing? What are, what are customers asking you about? What's sort of top of mind? Now, I know Container Geddon, FMC, we're going to be talking in a little bit. Talk to us about some of the other things that you're hearing. Well, I just did a, uh, I, I can't, um, I won't share too much about the group I presented to, but I had a private audience with uh, some Wall Street investors, and they were asking me a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, where uh, the market's looking in terms of rates uh, out of Asia. And, you know, at that time, two, three weeks ago, you know, rates had plummeted quite a bit. Uh, now, you know, carriers have snuck in a general rate increase. We're starting to see a proliferation of the rate coming up a little bit from Asia to the U.S. Uh, I had made the premise that from two weeks ago to where we are now and a few weeks from now, 
you know, we might be seeing a 50% increase. Uh, so it was a pretty bold prediction. And uh, I think some of the things I said are starting to come true. And what you're seeing as a result of that now is, you know, you had this kind of long landing uh, strip or long, I'm sorry, long runway where clients were on the fence about signing new contracts. And now you're right. starting to see a little bit more pressure because, you know, BCOs start to see these uh, spot rates coming up. They want to try to lock in you know, a, a contract rate that's commensurate with their, their volume or what we call the minimum or maximum quantity commitment. So starting to see a lot of movement in terms of getting more deals done, uh, but albeit at perhaps higher prices than, than the market might have predicted. So I, I still see an increase. I think the carriers are, are masterful, right, at manipulating tonnage and, and what we call blank sailings or withholding a sailing on a given vessel string. And these all help contribute to uh, carrier strategies to um, uh, stem, the, de stem the, the deterioration of the rate. Yeah, and we're also going to talk a little bit about that in a, a little while as well, is that the uh, market itself is not where everybody thinks it should be right now or where it actually is. And that's really interesting because there's some cash that's floating around, they're spending some cash, you know, where we think that the demand has dropped, it really hasn't. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, now you are the winner of our five-year anniversary video contest. Now this is the video that you submitted. Talk to us about how you came up with this concept and what was the inspiration behind this video? Because this was great. Well, listen, I'm a, I'm, a six, I'm a child of the 60s, 70s, and I love the Hollywood squares. And uh, I started to think, wow, what can I do like to be my own Hollywood square? And I'll do a little cameo on each one with uh, my various ocean audit sets. And, you know, I, I, I thought to myself, when we're talking, you know, what's the quickest thing we can do is we can talk and get our message across. So supply chain, your, your show resonated to, hey, let's talk. And just to open up that dialogue was incredible. So that was my inspiration. I loved it. And now as the winner, okay, of this particular contest, you won the first pair because I don't even have a pair yet because it's taking Nike forever to send it to me. But the first pair of Let's Talk Supply Chain custom Air Force Ones. Now, I think you may have missed your calling here. Like, I'm not entirely sure if you're thinking about a career change or a career shift, but I think modeling might be in your future. This is a picture that you sent me, and we haven't even posted this on social yet, of oh you wearing the Let's Talk Supply Chain custom Air Force Ones, modeling now, them in a bathtub. We did. We did a model, uh, I should say model, we did a photo shoot on my branding and uh, it's, it's turning into a bigger thing than I ever imagined. So uh, thank you for the uh, compliment, I think. <laughs> no, they're awesome. And this is the first actual visual that I've had of the custom Air Force Ones. Now, we are going to be giving away way more of these because we've got a lot of contests coming up. You guys heard me talk about the secret society of supply chain that we've come out with, this private network for supply chain professionals. And uh, we're going to be giving away custom Air Force Ones for uh, when we launch the membership. And so go and join the waitlist, take the quiz, because you could be just like Steve and winning some of those shoes. Are they comfortable? Because they're pretty Oh my God, like, like walking in pillows. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. So let's, oh, and you've got some big things coming, right? With that photo shoot, I think 
you know. Oh yeah, I mean we're uh, you know I'm 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 heading up. Uh, I you know I love my time at Freight Waves. I love Craig Fuller and everything that those guys have done. I did two great years of episodes there. And I thought to myself, you know, um, I'm such kind of a free spirit in the industry. Why not create my own standalone? So I created uh, uh, right around TPM time, Ocean Freight TV. And so the whole branding and media blitz is kind of designed to help improve more visibility on my, you know, our unique niche, right, in Ocean Freight. You've got incredible bandwidth across supply chain. My specialty is the Ocean Freight. So the, the branding and everything you start to see coming out of my shop, my, my visuals, my stage sets. They're all kind of geared towards, you know, bringing some excitement and enthusiasm into the ocean industry. Making it cool and not so blue, right? Because I, I <laughs> exactly. so much branding is blue. And I'm talking um, about that while I'm wearing a right, shirt right. with blue Ship Happens. <laughs> yeah, but at least it says Ship Happens. <laughs> right? I, yeah, I, I had to wear this for you because I thought it was absolutely appropriate. Hashtag ship happens, you know. I've got my, Any- I've got my container ship pin on for you too. You know. <laughs> Thank you. I want to say hi to Gary over on my personal LinkedIn. He's really excited to see both of us on the same screen. I'm hey, excited too. We might have to make this a regular thing. But oh, we do need to get into our articles. And again, if you have any questions for Steve, make sure to put them in the, in the comments because we only have a another 14 minutes left with Steve. So let's talk about the first article. So this one is a little bit um, older. It's from last year, but it talks about how uh, students are flocking to supply chain. And one of the examples that somebody gave in this article was uh, watching Friends in the 90s. And I think uh, Jennifer Aniston came back and said that she got a, a job in um, buying products. I think it was it Ralph Lauren. I can't remember. And she's like, I love this job because I love to shop. And so, you know, probably all the procurement people are like, oh, my goodness. But yes, you know, it's part of the job. Um, And there was a student that I spoke to a couple of years ago that was looking at warehousing and warehousing design like interior design. And I love the way that students are and the next generation are thinking about our industry. And it's also great that they are flocking to supply chain. Um, They talk in this article about how supply chain experts are rock stars. I mean, it's about time. Let's just put that out there because supply chain experts really are rock stars and they like the supply chain affects so many different things. So when you saw this article, what did you think? And what are you hearing from the next generation about coming into supply chain? So much to say on it, so little time. But I mean, I totally agree with you. You know, I did a study uh, first off on LinkedIn. Uh, there are like 500,000 professionals with the title logistics in their titles uh, or oh, supply wow. chain, some, something like that. And believe it or not, about 12% of those folks are in their roles less than a year. And then if you delve into the study on that a little bit, you know, many of them are, you know, 23, 24, you know, years old, which indicates that it's maybe one of their first one or two positions coming out of grad school or, or with the BA. And, you know, uh, I have to look at my own family, right? I've got a, um, a 17 year old mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he's, he loves science, he loves medicine, but he said, hey, you know, dad, can you get me an internship at one of the ports? You know, I'd love to go the, the route that you've taken. So I think that, uh, you know, through our broadcast, through sharing the great qualities of what the supply chain means and the fact that our lives are so different every day that we, we live, you know, Sarah, you and I, you know the difference, right? We never experience the same thing. So the cadence, the pace, and the opportunities in the supply chain are probably one of the top 
areas of opportunity. And maybe that's why we have so many young people flocking to this industry. Yeah, well, and we have to keep talking about it because somebody made a comment to me the other day. They were having a conversation with somebody and they were like, there's enough to talk about in supply chain to have like a whole show on it. (laughs) And if you look at the two of us and the amount of content that we produce just between the two of us, and there are many more people in supply chain that are creating some amazing content. I think the world would be shocked if they really dove into it a little bit more. Well, you know, I agree with you. On the other hand, right, I think there are incredible talents uh, like you and me and and many others that are doing uh, content and videos. But if you think about it, right, I would guess that there's less than 100 or 200, right, of us, right, that would even be doing that on a regular basis. So if you're one of the 500,000, and you decide to go kind of the route, the route that Sarah and I have chosen, then, you know, you escalate yourself to one of 200. So I think there's some incredible synergy here that you're talking about. I think you're onto something. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we used to talk about having a, a talent shortage or some talent challenges. Do you think that's still true? I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of layoffs recently. There's been a lot of disruption in that area this particular year. Yeah. And so, you know, are we still seeing that? I don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot of talent out there. And, um, and then also my last question to you is what's, what's advice to the next generation or maybe supply chain professionals that are looking for jobs? Well, let's say this. I think there, you know, the, the talent out there, there's no question, right? These, these folks are brilliant. They're smart. What they might lack in, right, is having a mentor, you know, that mm-hmm. has, you know, 4,000 hours or 5,000 hours to help kind of stage them to the next level. You know, we see a lot of folks, right, uh, in, in, my, uh, in the ocean freight genre that are retiring or after container getting, they said, that's it, you know, we're out. So a lot of these new folks have been kind of left sink or swim. Now, they're talented enough to kind of pull through it. But on the other hand, you know, it's like, um, it's like flying a plane, right? You want to fly a plane going to flight school or using Microsoft, you know, SIM, right? I'd rather go to flight school. So I think that they, they do need to, um, you know, uh, really solidify their, mm. their chops, so to speak, uh, in, you know, in place, in, in their position. And it takes a while. The problem is, who do they hear the information from to grow? Well, it's the vendor, right? It's the ocean carrier, the freight forwarder, the 3PL. So in some ways, it's like kind of fox henhouse. So my advice to any young person would be, you know, find a, you know, a talented mentor you know, consume content like Let's Talk Supply Chain or Ocean Audit, Ocean Freight TV, and, you know, start to find your own high watermark. Start to find your own niche because only then and there are you going to be able to say, okay, well, I really want to focus on the 3PL segment or the truck segment yeah. or the brokerage segment or the broadcast segment. So that's that's kind of my, my, my thought process. I love that. Thank you. And you are so good at plugs. Like Ellen DeGeneres was good, uh, good at plugs on her show. Thank you for that. <laughs> I want to say hi to Mian, um, also Fatima and um, uh, Kem over on my personal LinkedIn as well. So let's get to the second article. So this one is one that you wrote yourself. Um, and it's really about FMC and container get in this container get in that you've been talking about this whole show. Um, you use some of the terms like false hope, lack of merit, complex navigation. Talk to us about this container get in and talk to us about FMC. What is, what is this all about and what's going right and what's going wrong? And what do people need to know about this? 
Okay, so we had the pandemic and then we, we, we knew what follows, right? And then so the thought process is, was that artificially created? The demand that ocean, ocean vendors start to go from $2,000 a container to $20,000 a container? Right. We could debate that topic another day. Why did ocean rates go sky high? The issue or the opportunity or maybe the problem, right, is the fact that, of course, all of a sudden bureaucracy noticed what was happening albeit too late. And, you know, President Biden came out in a State of the Union and said, you know, as one of his five key points, you know, we're going to uh, more or less eviscerate, you know, the foreign ocean carrier that's been causing consumers all these excessive prices. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, how do you eviscerate uh, an ocean freight vendor, right? Well, the only tooth or teeth in the ocean freight uh, genre is what we call the Ocean Shipping Reform Act, which is the ocean freight regulations for the U.S., and also the Federal Maritime Commission, which oversees um, maritime trade. And so the thought process, what the media, the media has had the story all wrong, right? The media has been saying, you know, Biden will solve the container crisis. The FMC's teeth will jump in and save the day and, you know, clamp down on the ocean vendor. The reality is the FMC has done very, very little. Uh, I make the analogy that in the last six months, the FMC has helped importers or exporters, recover about $700,000 in overcharges. Now, to contrast that, last week, just for one client, I recovered a million dollars, right? So wow. it took the FMC uh, six months to recover 700000 The problem, Sarah, is that the FMC, Federal Maritime Commission, is not an auditing agency. They're looking right. for violations. They're looking for criminal or malicious violations where they can penalize an ocean vendor. They weren't set up to repatriate money back to clients. Hmm. It was through the administration push that the FMC had to do something on paper. And so what happened is you have about 100 cases that were sent to the FMC for remediation on overcharges, specifically around detention and demerge, which is one of the key uh, linchpins of where clients felt they were overpaid or overbilled. And out of the 100 cases, the FMC only, hey, only like 30 of these have, right? The thing wow. is, is that once the uh, ocean vendor knew that the case went to the FMC, rather than have to go through the whole denial process, the vendor just said, okay, well, you know, it's only $10,000 here, $8,000 here. Better to just refund it than to tell our spirits, right, at a public hearing. So, the FMC really ended up catering to these large ocean vendors because anything the ocean vendor tells, you know, goes on public record. And so the ocean vendor doesn't want to tell their secrets, you know, too many secrets in container shipping. So I, I, I kind of eviscerate the FMC because I don't feel that, I feel the media has made them out to be the so-called superhero. And I think the so-called superheroes are really people in the trenches that are studying the invoices and know what to do with it. Uh, in terms of being able to rebut or to reclaim. And, and again, not to make this a com commercial for me, but, you know, that's my, that's my fortitude. That's my bailiwick. And, of course, you know, we have very creative uh, importers that know the way around uh, a rogue invoice when they see it. And I'll say this just in closing. You know, a case just came out yesterday. Uh, it was featured in the JOC, and I picked it up in my own stream, uh, Bed, Bath & Beyond, that went uh, declared Chapter yep. 11. They decided that at the end of this container getting, right, so they let 2020 go by, 21, 2022, mm -hmm. and they said, oh, you know what, we're going to collectively go back and, and uh, ask like, for a $32 million refund on everything that happened. And I thought to myself, 
is this a hall of uh, fame uh, uh, claim or a hall of shame, right? Because, you know, yeah. why do something so retroactively when you can't kind of, you know, bite the head off of, of the dragon when you have her in its grasp? So I think that that's yeah. uh, one of the big challenges we have right now is that the FMC lacks the ability to remediate these claims effectively. So I think there's a couple of solutions here because I hear this from shippers all the time is that, you know, duty drawbacks, you know, getting money back for things that they have paid for that they really can go back and get is not something which to me is crazy, but it's not necessarily something that is um, top of mind for them. What's top of mind is moving everything forward, getting the shipments to the customers, right? Hitting deadlines, you know, and they don't have enough of a team to be able to go back and get the money that is owed to them. And so outsourcing it to people like you obviously is a really great solution to that. You still need time to be able to dedicate to it and make sure that you are doing the things that you need to do to get that money back. But shippers, I'm telling you, I talk to them all the time. There's a lot of money in duty drawbacks and in ocean audits and all sorts of things. And we really need to be talking about this more. Plus, I think collaboration is also the solution. If they don't have the opportunity to audit and that's what they're there to do is to help and uh, bring some of that money back into corporate America or North America or whatever, um, then maybe they need to partner. Maybe they need to collaborate. Maybe they need to look at companies like you that they can partner with and uh, we can solve this. So thank you so much for sharing that because it's a really, really big topic and a lot of businesses, organizations really kind of tend to put it to the back burner. It's like, why Absolutely. do you want to do that? There's so much money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's quickly talk about our last article. Now, this is from Freight Waves, and there's mixed signals, right? Container shipping downturn is not following the script. What they're saying is that we are not behaving like all signs point to a crisis. We're talking about crisis in the media, but container lines are still buying vessels. They're still investing money. They're still continuing to place orders for new vessels. And I think there's also an indication in this article that rates are going to be going up, but everything is still higher than pre-COVID. And this is what's not talked about enough, is that we had levels pre-COVID, we're on the other side of COVID, you know, rates have come down, but we're still nowhere near, as far as I'm reading, pre-COVID levels. So what is going on right now? Because the shipping market is actually more active than we're hearing in the media. Well, it's interesting, right? I, uh, I am, I'm privy to uh, a couple of uh, very significant investor groups uh, that uh, are in the know on, for example, how much uh, container charter ships get paid per day, right? And so these experts uh, were stunned to, to see the, the recent, we call them fixings. Right. You fix a container rate, right? Uh, a daily rate, $20,000 a day to lease this ship, $40,000 a day. And, you know, the, the, the rates on leasing these container ships, these charter ships to carry containers, have really spiked up. And they've held very, very, very firm. And that is a really counterindication to look at, you know, what's happening on the Maersk side, the MSC side, the HAPAC side. The fact that these liners are willing to pay such still strong rates for container ships indicates that they believe the market will turn. If you look at Zim's um, uh, New York Wall Street forecast, you know, Zim is predicting some significant hmm. revenue uh, for the bulk of 2023. Right. So I think this is one of those stories where the ocean vendors kind of wish 
you know, that their billion-dollar profits, uh, media stories disappeared, but they're quietly doing okay. And yeah. it seems to be on the uptick now. Yeah, and the last quote in this particular article says, according to Topfer, container shipping didn't leave many people naked with the drop. They're not so exposed. Basically, everybody had a good party and everybody had a good drink and everybody is sitting there and maybe they're still drunk, but they're smiling. I leave you with that quote because we need to get away from this in the industry. <laughs> We're talking about partying. We're talking about drinking and all that kind of stuff. And... This article, I mean, they, the, the top guy in this article is even quoted talking about this. It's no joke, people. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about supply chain. We're talking about an industry that drives the global economy. And these are the quotes that we're being left with. So I just want to leave that with you. Um, we do have some events coming up. We've got Home Delivery World I'm going to be at. I'm also going to be at Firmament. And of course, we've got LogTech Live coming up on Friday. Steve, we've gone a little bit over, but I think it was well worth it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank Thanks you to everybody in the audience that stuck with us. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you're keen to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. Remember, if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So go and put the keyword into the search bar at letstalksupplychain.com. All that content will come up and the podcast episodes do a deep dive into whether you're the right fit for that solution. That solution is the right fit for you. So go and check it out. And remember to come back next week when I'll be joined by Patrick from Tracking. Tracking is a digital platform for sourcing, managing, and returning empty shipping line containers. And as geeky as this sounds, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because containers have been hitting headline after headline the last couple of years, and it's really demonstrated just how important it is to supply chain for containers to move effectively. So I'm going to be asking Patrick all about it, the importance of predictability and precision, and how how it all ties into collaboration and sustainability. It's going to be a good one, so make sure you do not miss out. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to us over at letstalksupplychain.com. That's our newsletter. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase or get our supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Hint, hint on our homepage, you can actually get that dictionary for free.
And remember, we have a brand new membership-based platform called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Now, this covers everything that supply chainers need from supply chainers to women in supply chain to marketing professionals in supply chain. Now we have limited spots available and we'll only be launching the groups in specific limited seating. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com, click on the secret society banner, go and take the quiz, jump into our wait list. It doesn't cost anything. And we will be in touch when the next group is open and we are ready for you because we have content from people in the industry that you've been burning to hear from. And we've also got exclusive monthly meetups specifically for like-minded professionals in the same part of the industry. So go and check that out. Get on our wait list. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.